0: Our scripture lesson for today, for this Sunday in Lent, is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 19, beginning with verse 28. John 19, beginning with verse 28. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty a jar full of sour wine was just standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Thanks be God. The road that leads to the cross is not only a long and winding road. More often than not, it's a dry and dusty road that we traverse This Lenten Road that we've been on for several weeks now is a narrow road, and many choose the wider and easier avenues. Another dissimilarity between these two roads is, of course, their destination. There are mile markers along the Lenten Road that we would do well to acknowledge. These markers are readily identifiable as the seven last words or seven last phrases of Jesus spoken from his precarious perch on a cross on the shoulder of the road. On Ash Wednesday, we passed the first mile marker. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. On one level, they, are they us is the question, on one level, they knew exactly what they were doing. They were going to wash that rabble rouser right out of their hair. But on a deeper level, they didn't have a clue. How about us? Are we on the level? Perhaps the better question is, what level are we on when it comes to this God, man, Jesus? My marker number two was passed on March 1st. Truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. As long as we are able to cry out to Jesus, it's never too late. But why would we wait? My marker number three came into view two weeks ago. Woman, here's your son. Here's your mother. When we find ourselves wanting to say or do something hurtful or destructive, can we pause long enough to ask, is this how a blood relative, is this how kinfolks of the crucified one would respond. My marker number four is only a week's journey behind us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe Jesus was remembering aloud Psalm 22 from Israel's prayer book, a psalm that, quote, ends right. Or was the beloved son in whom the father was well pleased now experiencing for a short while anyway the complete abandonment of that same father. Could it be that Jesus was forsaken that we might be forgiven? Mile marker number five is straight ahead. Slow down a bit. Try not to run past it. I am thirsty. The shortest of the markers is in no way the least significant. Truth be told, all of these biomarkers are significant. And a greater truth be told, I don't believe that our Lord ever spoke an insignificant word. Consider with me, if you will, who this is who's saying, I thirst? This is the one who was sitting beside Jacob's well in Sychar, a city in Samaria, about noontime, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me to drink. She said, time out. You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, you're a man, I'm a woman. This is not appropriate. We don't have civil conversations with one another, certainly not in public places. He said, if you only knew who I am, you would have asked and I would have given you living water. She said, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? He said, everyone who drinks from this water, from this well, will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become a spring welling up to eternal life. She said, give me this water. So that I go won't have to keep coming here to this well and taking water back to my people. Consider who this is who is saying, I thirst. This is the one who said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Consider who this is who is saying, I thirst. This is the one who sat down on a mountainside And said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. Consider who this is who is saying, I thirst. This is the one who throughout his ministry frequently quoted from the book of the prophet Isaiah. A prophet who once said, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You that have no money, come and buy and eat. Consider who this is who is saying, I thirst. This is the one who publicly cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Consider who this is who is hanging on that cross and saying, I thirst. This is one who taught his followers, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple. Truly I tell you none of these will lose their reward. This is the same one who said, Come you that are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Jesus revealed much of who he was and is with all of these aquatic references and there are many more. And he spoke of water when he was describing the shape of our ministries As disciples, what was it like for the one who was known for living water to be crying out, I thirst? How did it feel when no one was willing to offer a cup of cold water? As he hung there dehydrating and dying. The National Institute of Health had this to say about dehydration. They define it like this, dehydration means your body does not have as much water and fluids as it should. Dehydration can be lost by losing too much fluid or not taking in enough or both. Dehydration is classified as mild, moderate, or severe, depending on how much of the body's fluid is lost or not replaced. When severe dehydration is happening, it's a life-threatening emergency. Symptoms include dry or sticky mouth, not producing tears, sunken eyes, lethargic or comatose. An exam may also show signs of low blood pressure, blood pressure that drops when you go from lying down to standing, rapid heart rate, skin that lacks its normal elasticity, delayed capillary refill, and shock. None of the gospel writers, to my recollection, recall or say anything about Jesus shedding tears from the cross. He cried for friends like Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. He cried for those who turned their backs on him like the whole city of Jerusalem. Were there no tears because this Jesus was dehydrated? Or were there no tears because tears are something he saved for others? After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, I am thirsty. But before those words, in parentheses, in some versions of scripture, the writer of John's gospel inserts this note in order to fulfill the scripture. And the scripture to which he was referring was probably Psalm 69, verse 21. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar, To drink. In the Septuagint, in a Greek version of the Old Testament, are the same words for sour wine and thirst as are used in John's Gospel. All of the Gospels interpret the offer of sour wine or vinegar to Jesus on the cross through the lens of this psalm. But John's perspective is just a little bit different. In the Synoptic Gospels, the similar Gospels, the side-by-side Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, In those gospels, someone in the crowd takes the initiative to offer Jesus a drink. But in John, Jesus takes the initiative with his words, I am thirsty. In the synoptics, the offer of vinegar is a mocking gesture. But there's no mockery in John. Jesus remains, even on the cross, a figure of great dignity. On the most basic level, Jesus' thirst acknowledges the pain that accompanies his death by crucifixion. On a deeper level, his words recall his question to Peter at the arrest. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? Jesus' thirst symbolizes his willingness to embrace his death. And the offer of sour wine and vinegar takes on an ironic role as one more example of the world's misunderstanding of who this was. Jesus thirsts for God's cup. He's offered sour wine. Vinegar. There also may be a related ironic contrast. Between the good wine which he served. You know, the wedding face in Cana of Galilee. In the second chapter of John's gospel. And he showed forth his glory. And now there's this sour wine that he receives at his glorification. And glorification is John's word for the death of Jesus. The world falsely attempts to alleviate the thirst of the one who is himself our living water. And then there are those interpretations that associate offering vinegar to that of a branch of hyssop, the sprinkling of the blood of the Passover lamb over the lintel over the doorpost at the time of Passover. And it was done with a bunch of hyssop, a branch. Some scholars embrace this interpretation and others say they have difficulty seeing this particular connection. Others still wonder how the vinegar could have been offered to Jesus on a branch of hyssop. It's a Bushy kind of thing is a flimsy kind of branch and maybe the solution to that dilemma Comes when we look at what the cross was really like in church art so often The cross is tall and far off the ground It's planed lumber like you would pick up at Lowe's or Home Depot But most Roman crucifixions took place on existing trees or tree trunks The condemned would carry the crossbar to the site where it was fastened to the tree Typically, the crucified one would not be very high off the ground. And so a branch of hyssop would have been possible to put the vinegar to the mouth of Jesus. I am thirsty. And we can't help but see and hear the humanity of the Son of God. What do we thirst for even today? as humans, as mortals. What is our greatest thirst? Allow me to suggest two things very briefly. One is companionship. One is security. And these two were not unrelated to one another. Companionship. Mother Teresa once was asked about the worst disease she had ever seen. Was it leprosy or smallpox? Was it AIDS or Alzheimer's? No, she said. The worst disease I have ever seen is loneliness. We were created to be in relationship with God and with one another. Husband, wife, parent, child, brother, sister, other family relationships, deep and abiding friendships. And maybe that's why, for many of us, this social distancing thing is so difficult according to Leonard Sweet in his book out of the question into the mystery Jesus gave us a relationship whereby we can know whether or not faith comes true the test according to Jesus his disciples are not known by how well they defend orthodox propositions And we spend a lot of time with that. Don't we want to get it just right? We want our beliefs to line up just perfectly. We don't want to misspeak about our faith. Not so much that, but how well we love one another. God didn't send Jesus to deliver a proposition. God sent Jesus to deliver a proposal. Will you love me? Will you let me love you? In fact, Jesus not only got on his knees... To deliver a proposal, Jesus was nailed to a cross to deliver God's proposal. We thirst for companionship and we thirst for security. Just look around us. Look at all the locks and walls and fences and security systems and video surveillance and gated enclaves where we live and watchdogs and weapons and so on and on and on it goes. Lonely and afraid. And our deepest thirst can only be quenched by the crucified one. Our deepest thirst can only be quenched by the one who said, I am thirsty. Why do we settle for vinegar when living water is available? What if we had been there that day? Would we have been bold enough? Would we have cared enough to offer a cup of cold water? And whoever gives even a cup of cold water? I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Perhaps it's not too late. Just maybe it's needed right now more than ever. Amen.